1: Hello and welcome to the Carl Hutchinson Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Hutchinson. I've had to pull myself away. I've had to pull myself away from watching that uh, Robbie Williams documentary on Netflix. I've been really enjoying that, so I'm... You know, I had to. I just had to pause it and just go. Right, you're gonna have to do the podcast now. I'm. I'm, I'm recording it like an hour later than what I normally would, because I'm enjoying it that much. Not really, even like a big fan of the 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 90s boy band scene. Or you know, I, I think I just like. I just like nostalgia. You know, I just like anything to do with the 80s, 90s when I was a kid. Like I'll watch anything. You know, I watch that. They've got that Robbie Williams one, and then. The, what was the one a few years ago? Yeah, the the Spice Girls, how they changed the world and all that. That was a Channel Four one. I remember that was that was great I love that. Again, I wasn't a big fan of the Spice Girls when they were out, but you know I'll watch a document. I'll watch a four part documentary of you know, shows shows the whole twenty years of the career like just in four episodes. I've got an affinity for out like that. Same thing with Last Dance. You know the basketball and um, not really a big fan of basketball. Not really a big fan of football, but I watched the Beckham one. I do. I just like. I just like the. Do you know the cutaway of the documentaries? It'll just be sort of like some guy from the nineties eating a McDonald's, and you go, "Eh, look at that! Look at that Big Mac packaging. Look how the polystyrene and that old as out there, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that old as out? Like that's that's what I watch it for. <laughs> I know it's for the. Look at that Pepsi, that Pepsi. Hey, the the can, the can's different. It was different then, wasn't it? It was it was it was it was white back in the day. It was white and it blue blue now is it that's all i do i just watch documentaries with my mouth open just oh that's good isn't it that's that's old that's really old <laughs> <laughs> what else is Kappa uh, remember Kappa. you don't see a lot of Kappa these days you don't see a lot of Kappa. you don't see a lot of deodora as well you see them in the documentaries and you see the and you see the and you see the old cars and you just go yeah that old is out that so that's taking nothing away from i'm sure that's not what Robbie Williams wanted us to take away from the documentary, but thats I'm a big fan of just out from the past. I like the past. I think that's what I learn about myself. I'm a big fan of the past. But any of those documentaries of sports stars or music stars or anything like that, I'm all right for the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. Like, the first 10 minutes is always what they were like as a child. I don't think that's actually on the Robbie Williams one, but you, you know what it's says? Like? It's always like, oh, he was like this, and yeah, I don't care. I just want to get to the point where I remember watching you. So I don't and I know I'm an idiot for that as well. I know a lot of people enjoy that. A lot of people get a lot out of it. I don't care. I don't care what you were like as a seven year old or a fourteen year old. I just just get to, I don't care what your dad did for a living. I don't care what your ma did for a living. I just get to the point like where you're on take that or on the late, late show and everyone's skinny is out and the dancing is Oh no, that was Boyzone, own, wasn't it? Boyzone debuted on the late, yeah, because it's Irish, yeah, but right, you know what I mean, right? Get to the point, <laughs> Jesus, get to the point, welcome back, get to the point, <laughs> get to the point where, you know, your young is out, skinny is out, and I'll, I'll watch from there, so I always skip the first 10, and then I always turn it off before the last 10, because as soon as, you know, it gets to the end of the career, and the, the you know, if they had some hardship, they've overcome it, and it's great. It's told a good story, great nav- narrative, etc. As soon as you start hearing somebody go, um, they'll always be remembered. I am like fucking get it off, get it off. I've seen it, right? I don't, I don't need ten minutes of, and they'll be remembered as the best thing of the genre that they were in of all time. You can fucking get it off. I've seen it done. What what's on next? <laughs> so yeah, I am enjoying it with the very. Limited capacity that my brain will allow me to enjoy such documentaries. But I'll watch any documentary, I really will. I, I, what was the one documentary that I didn't watch? Turned off halfway. It was the triplets. Remember the triplets? with the, They were all separated at birth and then they all got together. And it's a great story, you know. So there's, there's three, obviously, three triplets. And they get separated, they've all got different homes. And somehow they all find each other in college. Now I've seen this about two or three years ago so forgive us if the memories are you know not not exact be people screaming at us now but then I turned it off when you know when they're all doing the media rounds and all of the media rounds all of the questions was just them sat looking the same as each other going like yeah don't we look the same as each other isn't it it's like yeah it's triplets that's how it works so I'm alright. I'm alright for any triplet patter so I, I to turn that off but I gather it's very good Yeah, coming to you live. Well, actually, no, not live. No, coming to you from Buckingham Premier Inn. Today, Buckingham Premier Inn. Buckingham Premier Inn. So we're in, as I record this, we are in... Where the hell was I last night? That's the tour has got. So I'm just living the tour now. I don't even know... Ah, yeah, Cheltenham. Cheltenham Town Hall. And that's not an indictment on on Cheltenham or the Town Hall. It was a really good gig, actually. You just... It all just becomes the same. It just... So I got... got, You you get up at... um, I got up at Thursday... Thursday morning, Lily's been, uh, she's been great actually, she's been getting up at 8 o'clock, so we got up at nursery, then I had to drop her off at nursery a bit later than usual, and then I only had 45 minutes to, you know, pack my bag and everything. We set off at 10 from Newcastle to go down to Cheltenham, but we're hotels in Buckingham, because we're in Bedford tonight, as I record it, and then the day after we're in Redden. So Buckingham's kind of like, you know, not too far away from all those places, so it's better just to get, like, a little base. So there was a lot of driving yesterday, a lot of driving, but Cheltenham was great. But, oh, we set off at 10, and Anth made wonderful time, as always, don't know how, but he, and that's all I'm willing to say, we arrived at half two, and... The, the Premier ins have always been great. No, no complaints whatsoever. Do you know? What I mean? It's a Premier in You know what you're getting. Great. You know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Flash Harry. Am I? I'm I? not Flash Harry. So you know, you just keep it, <laughs> keep it simple. Keep it modest, right? So the last couple of times, I think they've they must have got some sort of company wide email because we've checked in at half two. Many times before, but the, the ones that caught out with Brighton, Swindon, and now Buckingham, you've made the list. You have made the list. You check in at, uh, you get there at half two, and they go, Oh, you know what? You're a bit, uh, you're a bit early for checking. You know, half, half an hour's nowt as well. Do you know what I mean? You, you, the, the room's ready. i don't understand if the room wasn't ready, but the room's ready yeah you're a bit early, so it's uh and this must be to deter people from doing it go, it's gonna be ten pound if you want an early check-in yeah <sighs> okay ten pound per person me and Anne. right fine fine i don't well I do care it's annoying but i'm not gonna you're not gonna you know you've you've already got a good deal on the hotels because you've booked the the tour has booked a year in advance, so I booked the hotels a year in advance and just assume that you know none of them are gonna Get cancelled or, or postponed. I think it happened once with Northampton. Thanks very much to everyone who's got tickets for Northampton, Royal, and Derngate. These have, on a side note, you've been very accommodating. So I had the the tickets. Uh, it was sold out. It was like 100. And, it was like 140 seats sold out. It was just the studio, but the found rack, that dreaded rack that's in all the schools and uh, select number of theaters. So that's been put back to January, so to everyone who's held under the tickets, thanks very much for that, I really appreciate it, and on that note, I think we've, we've decided, you know, take take advantage of a blessing in disguise, so we're going to actually be in the big room now, so it was sold out at 140 seats, Is now you know, if that 140 people know another three 400 people, that'd be fantastic, because we're in the big room now so I think that's going to be the 12th of January so... You know, and that 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 was the only one. Kettering came out as well. Yeah, that area's not doing well, like bloody hell. Kettering got cancelled for so. I think that venue went bust or something like that. So that that's a shame. Hope everyone, hope the staff are all all right and they found a, another job, etc. It really doesn't. It really disqualifies any sort of positive sentimentality if you say etc. At the end, doesn't it? You go. <laughs> you just go. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, you know, obviously, I hope you're doing all right. I'm sorry you're ill, but I hope you're going to do whatever, et cetera, Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I hope you're uh, all doing all right. Sorry for pissing myself laughing as I say that. So the, what, what was my point? What the hell was my point there? Yeah, so one hotel. So one hotel that I that I paid for and I lost. Fine, okay? It, it's, it's cost of doing business sometimes. No worries. Okay, so... You know, you go, it's going to be £20 for half an hour for two people. But you go, you know what, that like, if you've been driving since 10 in the morning and you're going to have to leave the hotel at, what time did we leave? It was probably about five o'clock, wasn't it, to get to to get to get Cheltenham for half six? Yeah, yeah, five o'clock. You go, that's two and a half hours in the hotel over two hours in the hotel. And that's everything, you know, that's when you travel for a living, when you just sat in the car for hours and hours on end, You know, and then you're going to be traveling again to get to the venue, and then you're going to be in the green room, and you sat with each other, and then you go on stage, and then you're back in the car. The the bit of solace that you look for, the bit of your your own time that you look for, is is that hotel. So that ten pound is 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 everything. You know, you go ten pound to buy a little bit more individual time is great, but I don't think the staff get that sometimes, and I'm not going to fucking stand there and. You know, explain all of that every time. So you just go, yeah, fine, I'll I'll pay it. And then I don't know why, but they always they always seem very surprised that you're willing to pay it. Because, I mean, I guess they're just used to people not doing. It, but oh, are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, do, oh, oh, do you really want to pay it? It's only half an hour. Do you really want to pay it? It's half an hour, you know. And I go, look, if you. If that's the rule, no, I don't want to pay. I don't want to fucking pay. I just want to get checked into the hotel, right? But if you're going to enforce this rule, that's fine. But don't put us off trying to do it. Oh, oh do, you, do you really want to do that? No, I don't. Oh, well, I'm not going to sit in the two chairs that you've got at reception. Them Two two chairs with the big high back as well. You've got a very high back, Premier Inn. You've got a big high... But I'm not going to sit there from half two till three in a huff with me bags waiting until i can check in and and what happens and from that half two to three you just watch everybody else arrive and get told the same news so i've got to watch all of their reactions which i guess would be quite fun but yeah after a while you just want to get into the hotel and, and, and get your head down do you know what i mean like oh I, oh i need to go and find a gym as well because i've been sat on my ass for the better part of three months so i need to make sure i'm not fat as fuck as well for, in time for the show <laughs> so i need to. go so that two and a half hours is everything that's that, that's the point i was making but I found a gym. The littlest pure gym that you ever did see in the whole wide world in Buckingham. It's just, it's next to a Howden's on industrial estate. And it's just like they've, it's like they've siphoned off in like a quarter of Howden's. And it's just one big long shed. It's fine. You know, it's its its serviceable and all that. It's its, it's no bother. But I had to go across a couple of zebra crossings. And I've, I've not at the gym, obviously, um, on the way to the gym. <laughs> and I'm quite proud of myself. I think I've got very good zebra crossing etiquette. This is what you do if you're a pedestrian. Drivers, you lovers. I know you will. You don't just walk out, right? You wait. Yes, you are entitled, but again, it goes back to just because you're right doesn't mean you get to behave like a dick, right? So you just stand at the pedestrian crossing, wait for the cars to stop. Some cars won't stop. That's fine. That's their prerogative. They're gone. They're not your problem anymore. Fine, move on. So once I know both on, like left and right traffic has stopped, I give them both a wave and I get across that separate crossing as quickly as I possibly can. The amount of times I'm driving, and people just pull out on the... And I wouldn't care, but if the, if they walked with the same urgency that they just pulled out that zebra crossing with, then uh, th- that would be great. But no, they pull out and then they just walk so slowly. Like, again, I'm right. It's my right of way, so I'm going to be a twat. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, I, people cross zebra crossings like they've won a competition. And the competition is they get to walk as slowly as they possibly can. Like they've won some sort of all-inclusive holiday on the zebra crossing, and they're trying to get as much of the money's worth as possible. Dicks. But yeah, I'm not going to sit on them premier in chairs and just watch people arrive. Just, well, how much? How much? But what, uh, it's only half, too. £10? £10, pound. Ten pound for half a bloody, half a bloody hour? Half a bloody hour? <laughs> oh, what was it last week? Uh, Gene! <laughs> there, there we go, we're back. We're back. Jean Gene! have <laughs> oh, you heard this. Half a bloody hour. Half a bloody hour, £10. Hey, I don't know what's happened. He, I said, I said, I, said, I, said I couldn't even have a sit down because those, those two horrible lads were sat in the chair. I didn't know what to do. Just fucking either pay it and accept it or fuck off somewhere else. I can't stand when people complain. I really can't. Mind you, I'm, again, aware that this is all I'm doing on the podcast as well but thank you for listening. <laughs> I always like it when you sat there on them little chairs next to the reception. They've, they've got the cheek to put, like, sightseeing, like, ideas of things to do in Buckingham. Like, I'm going there for me fucking holidays. And everywhere's the same now as well. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm staying in the Premier Inn. Um, you know, w- what if we walk past? A Tesco's, an Aldi, a Little, an Asda, a Greggs, a Costa. I can I can be describing any place in the UK. Now, and then you go to the high street, everywhere's got a Pret. Everywhere's got a, a McDonald's. Everywhere's got a Five Guys. That's why I don't. I don't understand, right? When people go to different towns and cities to go shopping, it's like you've got the same shops. Like where have you went to? Like you went to Next. You've went to H and M. you went to Debenhams. You went to Primark. Like you've got, you've got all that in your town. Like psychopaths, absolute psychopaths. Speaking of psychopaths, I took my daughter Lily trampolining for the second time ever this week. It was great. So we're, we've got into the. We'd normally go to art class, but that's off for three weeks. So we we're, were looking for what to do and trampolines and so on. It's great, honestly. They do a, a toddler session from 11 till 12. It's on uh, it's on West Road in Newcastle. Can't remember what it's called now. I think it's just Newcastle Trampoline and Gym or something like that. It doesn't have like a specific name. Anyway, there's a little toddler session and we, and we'll go and it was just me and Lily and like another dad and another kid. So we we'll had the whole place to ourselves. It was fantastic. But it, the the... The, the battle is now trying to get Lily to stay in the trampoline park for the full hour because she's figured out after she does that, she goes and she gets to have some juice and she gets to have a packet of pombes from the little cafe a bit. So it gets to about 25 five two and she just starts going like, juice, juice. I go, ah, not yet. We'll have we'll have the water. We'll have the water. You know, we'll you're thirsty. That's great. We'll have the treats after the trampoline. Then you just have to distract her with something else and that. But it's so funny now because she's like too... She's two years and three months, and she just, you know, we'll go trampoline for an hour, and she's just knackered, bless her. She's absolutely shattered. Like she goes, to, she goes for an afternoon nap. No bother now. It's great. And we sat there on the sofas, and I just, and I know she was just eating like a couple of bears. Didn't give her the whole packet, obviously. She's just eating a couple of bears, and I'm having some as well. And I looked, and she, she looked, and and she just, she realised there were teddy bears, and she showed us, and she just went, teddy bear. And I was just such a lovely, doting, proud father More, She was like, she realized that there were bears and she, she communicated that to us. And, you know, and I'm like, they're trying not to bloody cry in the trampoline cafe. And you're like, oh. and then I watched her just completely do... I, I went from, like, who is this, like, this this angel that's that's became part of me life and, like, she is me life. And I just watched her turn into, like, a fucking murderer. <laughs> like, she just... She had that little pombe bear and she slowly just you know and it was a very cerebral very deliberate started biting one leg and then the second leg so he's got no legs now this poor bear and then she bit the left arm and the right arm and then she just looked at this this head with the torso of a teddy bear and she just very slowly just bit the head off (laughs) and she just held the little poor teddy's torso poor little teddy oh poor little chicken I'll tell you about that in a second Um, and she just held this uh, poor poor little teddy and she just held it up and she just went teddy bear gone I was like whoa you fucking psychopath (laughs) (laughs) poor little chicken right Dunstable Grove Theatre I was on tour I was supporting Chris Ramsey this was years ago now Dunstable Grove Theatre you've got a big Asda right next to you and for a couple of weeks on tour we were like right we're sick of going out for some food we're sick of going to the same place we're sick of going to subway we had it in our head that we'll go and get some plates and we'll get some cutlery and we'll wash the cutlery in the venue and we'll go get like a whole cooked chicken and we'll get some salad and we'll start eating healthy and all that it lasted it literally lasted like two two goes I remember the plates were rattling in the back of the tour van we're like ah forget that right so that, that was gone so I think the plates are still in my house now but but we'll both uh, tackle this half chicken, I'd had my half throughout the day, because it was a double show in Dunstable, so you know, we're getting through this chicken, and at the end, uh, Chris just went, oh, I can't possibly have any more of this, uh, this chicken, there was like a chicken leg left, and I was like, well don't, you know, I don't, we can't waste it, we can't waste it, and he was like, well no, no, I'll, I will I was like, I'll have it, I'll have it, I'll have three quarters of a chicken, if you're going to twist me arm, I'll have it, but I'm eating this chicken leg, and again, i, I You know, I didn't think it was. I didn't think there was anything psychotic about it. But uh, Chris said this is one of the memories that's like etched in his in his mind. I'm eating the chicken, and uh, (laughs) I'm just going, "You can't be wasting it, man. Otherwise, the chicken's died for nothing." And I'm eating this chicken, eating this chicken like. And he said it was the most frightening thing I've ever seen. He said, you are like Lenny from Mice and Men because you are you are eating this chicken. And with a mouth full of chicken, you were shaking your head at me just going, poor little chicken. <laughs> poor little chicken. how oh. But yeah, that's been me that's been me to a life for a bit. Uh, so last week, Christ, where the hell were Won we? We Shrewsbury for a second time last week. So yeah, Shrewsbury was so good. We sold out once and then we did the second show as well. And I think that was three quarters sold. So thanks very much to that. Driving back from Shrewsbury, Christ I had to drive. That's like four and a bit hours. Got back at about one, half one. Sophie let us have to lie in till Eight o'clock because obviously she's got work as well. I'd normally have to get up at six, but now I've got up at eight, so I was like, great fantastic, great. And then that begins your day. So then we'll go trampoline on the Monday. I think on the Tuesday, we'll go to soft play, and then I think we'll get the shopping in on on the Tuesday afternoon. That's always a fun thing because she, she just thinks she's helping, she's just putting everything in the trolley. In the and then she goes to Grands on a Wednesday, and I get to do all me admin jobs before. The week starts again, and then go drive, uh, drop Lily off nursery Thursday and begin the week again. But it's fun, it's fun just being like, you know, just, just me and Lily together again, fighting crime, just like two of a kind, having fun all day, all that type of stuff. When I go take Lily to Asda now, I was reminded of the time when... Um, me mom took me to asda and i was about Mom, i know you're listening as well bless her um i haven't seen me mom for so long bless you it broke me heart you know she texted us the other day going how do i listen to your podcast like and i was like oh god like am i that bad of a son like i don't <laughs> i don't ring anymore you just listen to the podcast bless her but you know she knows she gets it she knows that these are me busy times but me mom took us to took us to asda shopping one time and i'm about like three or four years old so i don't remember this conversation that i've had with my mom and her friend Lynn at the counter all I've got is a memory I was like f- like four or five or three or four and I said to me dad at home like oh hi dad how are you and me dad was like he was telling us off so he was acting as if he was upset and he was like oh I'm not very good Carl and I said oh what's wrong dad he went well your mom's just told me what you said to Lynn in Asda and I said what did uh you know I don't you're a kid you don't remember you don't have short-term memory for whatever reason. I've got this memory, but I don't have the memory of why my dad was telling us off, which <laughs> which makes it funnier <laughs> because he said um, <laughs> he said, um, well, Lynn was trying to talk to you and she and you was and you were there and 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 she said, so you are having a sandwich call and you said yes and then Lynn said call. What's your favourite sandwich? And I went right. He went. And do you remember what you said to Lin? I went no. And me dad just went, poo and wee. And I <laughs> and I'm getting too love for that. I was like, yeah, I don't even remember this. <laughs> poo and wee. And then me dad's shaking his head, just like he just went. This is where I got poor little chicken from, because he went poo and wee, and he shaking his head, and he just went poor Lin, Lynn. poor Lin, like as if Lin's like in a rocking chair, like in some. Old folks home now, just like, just oh, poo and wee, poo and wee, call <laughs> poor But yeah, this was like back when, this was back when Asda, Asda Bolden, but back before, when it was just a supermarket, it's like the fucking Metro Center now, it's like Las Vegas, is it? But you know, it, this was when it was just the one floor, you know, you didn't, there wasn't like a McDonald's built in or a roller coaster or whatever the hell. You can get your nails done in the middle of that Asda, create your nails and your haircut, it's mental. But one time, this is when Asda still had the switch on the wall for the light. So I remember I was like, oh, ma'am, I need to go into Asda for a poo. And I'm like five or six years old. And um, there were these older lads, older boys, mean boys. There must have been about 13, 14. They saw me go in, and then they thought it would be hilarious um, to turn the light off. So then I'm sat there having a poo in the dark. But, you know, I've only just got my head around wiping my own arse, right? So... I remember just trying to do it in the dark and and there's no nice way to say this, but I just, I failed miserably. It was all just like, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was all just, like, up the side of me arm. And, like, imagine telling a five-year-old, you've got to wipe your backside in the dark. Here you go, all right? So just, I don't know why I didn't think to get up and turn the light on. I think I was just scared. I was scared in case they were they waiting for us or something. So I just tried to crack on as best as I could, and I just had all this shite all over, <laughs> all over me hands and me arms. And I finally came out. <laughs> and it looked like i like I just got a load of mud and rubbed it on me <laughs> I remember I came out, and my mom just went, "Oh, God!" Like, like I've done any of that deliberately, and I was too upset. <laughs> to explain what had happened. So I just... i know, mean, when you're a kid and you just can't... You can't, like, articulate what's happened or why you're upset or why it's not your fault. So you just take the heat. You just go, yeah, fine, it was me. And then it becomes, oh, yeah, watch out when Carl goes to Asa because he tries to rub shite all over himself. <laughs> no, it was older kids, meaner kids, and they turned the, turn the light. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Selling a little
1: Right, well we'll get some emails. we we'll we haven't read some we haven't read some emails for a bit, have we? If you want to get in touch about any if you've had shite on your hands, if you know a Lynn who poor Lynn, if you know a poor little chicken, if you know <laughs> if you've ever begrudgingly paid something for half an hour, if if you've ever begrudgingly handed over some money, get in touch. Carl Hutchinson Podcast at gmail.com. This one's from Ian Deacon. Hello Ian. I don't know if I'm allowed to read your name out, but that's ah, fine. Great. Me and my wife Jane are big fans of you. Seen you many times in Shrewsbury, actually. Oh, that's great. Thanks. I, in fact, one time slightly interrupted one of your shows in the smaller Walker Theatre. Thanks for that, mate. Yes. Thanks to a very poorly timed call of nature. The only way to the toilet is to walk across the stage. Oh, I know. I know the 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 perils of doing the studio theatres the perils of doing the the lesser shitter room right all due respect to Walker Theatre it's a lovely room but yeah in those rooms you know, I think it's about two hundred and fifty capacity and it's usually you know there's one way in there's one way out and if people want to walk down the stairs you hear every step of the way so yeah fine not your fault at all poorly timed call in nature the only way out of the toilet is to walk across the stage along yeah along to the exit to the other side uh, via your back pocket call <laughs> although one or two blokes then followed yeah that's usually well you know what Ian well done for you yeah so you were the first one to get up for a piss and then because I'm a nice guy and I didn't do anything to you then you know three or four cowards parasites also went for their piss so all right that's fine all is forgiven I forgot all about that so don't worry and it happens a lot so don't worry if you're going to do 90 minute shows or whatever I can't expect people to just sit there and piss themselves so it's fine Recently discovered your podcast and loved the first episode. Thank you. Cheers. Knowing that we had an upcoming holiday in Lime Regis, we decided to save a few episodes for the three-hour-plus drive from Telford. Yesterday, we made the trip and listened to episodes two to five, and decided to save episodes six and seven for the return trip next Friday. Wonderful. Thank you. I was just trying to tell you that the word pump is definitely not just confined to the north, as me... Oh, yeah, that's right. my God. Yeah, forget you forget all the shite you talk about, like, straight up. I'm only nine episodes in, but you're still... Forget about all the drivel. All the goddamn drivel. The word pump is definitely not confined to the north. Me and my wife Jane regularly talk about it in our own company, proudly announcing a pump by saying, I just pumped. (laughs) Great. Yep. (laughs) Thanks for spelling that out. Or quite often randomly asking, Have you pumped? (laughs) And many more variations on the theme. Wow. Cheers, mate. We also have a sliding scale of pump smell severity. The most innocuous and odourless ones are known as empty. Okay, yeah, that uh, makes sense. And the next scale is known smelling like oh, ooh, I don't like this. <laughs> this uh, this one doesn't fit. This one doesn't fit right. Okay, I'm going to re I'm going to skip that one cuz then the next one uh, the notch up is eggy and the next one after that is stale and the next one after that usually after a big heavy session on beer and the final level of the scale the most offensive one being labeled as dog food pumps. Because they smell like a freshly opened tin of dog food. Yeah, I could work that out, but thank you. Yep. So the, I'm, I'm going to tell you the one I've missed out because it really doesn't fit. So you've got empty, and then you've got a missing one, and then you've got eggy. You've got stale. You've got dog food pumps. Have a think. Listeners now, have a think. What, what would you put in between? Oh, you know what? Hey, g- genuine, genuine. I'm so excited. Listen to this. Listen. Hey, hey, hey. Wow, Ian, you've just channeled. You've channeled <laughs> <laughs> fucking alcohol, you idiot. <laughs> if this stays in, if you don't edit that out, you fucking twat. <laughs> oh, I was so excited there. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can. Ian, you've just channeled me to pump on command. Right, let's get back to serious. Serious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> An odorless one's known as empty. I think I just did one of them. Uh, Empty, and then there's a missing one, and then you've got eggy, and you've got stale. Think now, listeners, what have you got in between empty and eggy? You're not going to get it. Empty, the next one, is known smelling like ham. Ham. I've never heard of a ham pump. Eggy, I've got it. Great, but not a a ham one. So we'll go empty, ham, eggy, stale dog food. Yeah, I don't... I don't disapprove. I'm just uh, I'm somewhat uh, perplexed. Hope this doesn't sound too bizarre. No, no I mean, don't worry about that, man. I've just fucking pumped in the podcast, but as always, a source of great humour for us. Keep up the great work with the podcast and the comedy work in general. Best wishes, Ian and Jane. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Ian and Jane. I'm, I'm really glad he's got in touch. Hope he's had a lovely holiday in Lyme Regis. I hope the the journey there and back were, were, were great. And uh, I'm glad I could keep you company. I really appreciate that. So if you've if you want, it doesn't always have to be your story, you know. We'll get something out of it. If you want to get in touch, call just Podcast at gmail.com. I was in Lemonden Spa last week as well. Uh, lovely room as well. Love that place. And everything was going well. Big sold out uh, room and all that. Everything's lovely. But then there was one guy sat at the front. There was a couple, and I could tell the guy. He, he didn't seem like he was all. He was all there. It was like, is he falling asleep? Or is he drunk? Or you know, or has he has he taken something? You know, you don't you don't know what people are on these days. It was like, it looked like. It looked like he was enjoying the show and then the last 15 minutes he kind of just like leaned forward and quietly fell asleep, which I didn't do anything about because it's right at the front. So it's, you know, you have to think about it as well as like go hop, hop, hop. Ah! <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, right, I can't do it anymore. Okay, twice, twice is enough. If it happens again, you're editing an outcall, you stupid daft prick. Okay, right. Good. Okay, so you don't really... you, You don't acknowledge... If it's right at the front, then you have to remember that the rest of the crowd can't really see what's going on, so it's detrimental to the show, specifically if it's the last 15 minutes of the show... You know that's when you've, you're have you going to be cashing in on all of the, the little seeds you've planted throughout the show, that's when you're going to be bringing it home, that's when you're going to that's when you've really got to hold on to the ball and you've really got to keep the momentum and you've got to take it home, you've got to build to the climax and you can't, yeah the time for audience interaction is usually at the start or the middle, you can't be fucking about with the end it's only like in a absolute last case scenario situation which I didn't assess this one to be so I just let the guy just be asleep for a bit and you know by the time I was in the car and I was in the hotel I'd forgot all about it and I'd forgotten all about it until um, Hannah got in touch who uh, it turns out was the partner of this guy so we can shed a little bit more light on the situation uh hi call i'm a fan of yours recently discovered your podcast i bloom and love a lover podcast and yours is hilarious thank you very much i'm really enjoying catching up and currently on episode six new mortgage thank you i also listened to smile which i why i recognized your name being a friend of the podcast that's wonderful thank you so much and uh, booking tickets way back in february for your recent lemon and Spark gig. Lovely. My husband and I love a date night and an evening of comedy is something we both enjoy. Like everyone, we have hectic lifestyles, so booking things well in advance and we have to make sure me and my husband make time for each other. That Yeah, great. Agreed. By the way, we're the couple who were sat in the middle of the front row uh, Saturday night, uh, 4th of November at your Lemonade Spa Show. My husband with the dreadlocks and me with the glasses and denim jacket. This brings me to my reason for emailing you. I am so sorry for my husband. To explain... A couple hours before the show, two of us went for some food, and my other half thoroughly enjoyed a big steak dinner with the questionable addition of around six pints of craft ale. Ah, yeah, asking for bother there, craft ale. Hate that. Like drinking big pints of fucking gravy. Side note, he'd already started drinking at home and had nailed around three cans before we even left the house, so that's nine, nine ales. Jesus, that's a meal in itself. That's nine meals on an empty stomach, may I add. So, of course, by the time we sat down in the theatre where he was still drinking, rather heroically, he managed another three pints of Hobgoblin. Christ, 12. 12. Okay. He's feeling a little, shall we say, worse for her. All right, so he's pissed. That's fine. No worries. Increasingly mortified by the whole situation, I would like to apologize on behalf. No need. It's fine. Thank you. He didn't really disturb it. Especially considering the fact that we were sat directly in front of you with with him looking like he was about to vomit all over the stage. Yeah, he did, actually. So, yeah, I did. I mean, I was keeping one eye on him all the time. Um, Although, on our way to the theater, he did assure me that it was, in fact, most definitely not going to throw up, and it was just a bad case of indigestion. Nothing at all to do with the 12 pints. No, I agree. The following morning, I recounted the previous night's events, and he was pretty sheepish about the whole thing, along with feeling rough as a badger's arse, he was actually really grateful that you didn't go, go on to him and draw any unnecessary attention to his vulnerable state. Thank you for not picking on him, although uh, I would have found it 100% hilarious if you did. Well, you don't know. I always think if it's a couple, Christ, I'm leaving them alone. Do you know what I mean? If they're not, like, doing anything, if he's just sleeping, like, fine. Cause you don't. I'm. I'm so glad you, you've sent this email. It's. It's good to know this, Hannah. But you know, you think you. You might have had an argument beforehand, or you've been stressed all week, and then the last thing you need is fucking someone else like ma- making your your week worse. Do you know what I mean? So I was saying, if it's if it's better to leave alone. I've learned. I've learned. Christ. I'd like to say he's learned his lesson. We'll be henceforth refrained from binge drinking like a teenager for the record he's 42 before a stand-up show in the future. But I very much doubt that. We've been together 14 years, married for nine, so you could say I know these things. Well done on the gig. You absolutely smashed it. I had a really good time. I was driving, so I hadn't overindulged. I look forward to seeing you next time you're gigging in Lemondon Spa, although maybe next time I'll come with friends, leave the husband at home. Also, please keep the podcast going post-tour. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Cheers. I, um... I, I don't know if I've explained that. I know I said I've been doing this on tour and I've recorded a couple uh, when I've been home as well, when we're doing home gigs. But yeah, I very much intend to make this uh, once a week thing. So I don't think I'm doing seasons. I think it's just uh, once a week. So yeah. And if I'm pumping on episode nine, Christ knows where we'll be if and when we get to episode 100. So thank you very much for getting in touch. And if you want to get in touch, call it podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, but you do, you learn these things. You learn just to leave alone sometimes. It's much easier, you know. I think when you're young, like, I'm 36, so, you know, a lot of people think that I'm still young, but you have to remember this is the oldest I've ever been. You know, when you went... I started doing this when I was, like, 19, 20, and I was still training to be a teacher. At that crazy, I was still at university, and then I was trained to be a teacher and all that. So it's like, you know, I think I was used to trying to... Cr- make this the stand-up comedy venue exactly like a classroom where if you didn't get absolute silence, absolute attention, then I would just go after the audience and really not the right way to go for me. I mean, some people like that and some people are good at that. I subsequently learned that I wasn't and it's not something that I wanted to... You, it wasn't me hill to die on, you know. Christ, I, I learned the hard way. I remember one time I, w- I was doing some gig in Warrington. I think it was Warrington. Yeah, you know, one of the places in between Manchester, Liverpool, that that whole grey area. No disrespect, but, you know, Christ. Warrington, and St. Helens, whatever. And I <laughs> <laughs> hope I've made some friends there. And um, Birchwood, just, I don't know, just mad Manchester, Liverpool places. Anyway, somewhere there, some rugby club in the middle of the day, some cricket club, and I'm on stage, and I'm, I'm I've got everyone on set. I'm having a good gig. Chris Brugger the us from Manchester, he was on the the gig. He was MCing it. I think he, he got us the gig as well. And I remember I was it was going really well, and then. There was one guy right at the back of the room, and he was getting up. He must have been getting up for a piss, and he was just taking absolutely ages. And I was like, "No, no if, somebody, if you see somebody stand up, it's hard to ignore. So then I'm looking at everywhere else you can possibly look, except from over there where the guy is. I re- eventually, I just lost my cool. And I just went, mate, will you fucking hurry up or sit down? You're pissing on. What the hell are you doing, man, for Heaven, sit. do you know what i mean and he turned and he took so long to turn around and it was at that point it was explained it was after that that the guy had motor neurons disease what made it worse was the fact that it was pretty sure it was a charity gig to like raise money for the cause and i've just like you know turned up and just being like what the what's this why why is he taking so and then oh god like that's one of the That's one of the ones where you just go, like, I really wish I could have just not done that. Do you know what I mean? Like, so for every person who's saying, like, Hannah, like, thanks for not picking like, it comes from... A place like you just you just look back you go why did you have to open your big fat stupid mouth you are five minutes away did you have to really did you have to do anything like that and it was my own ignorance for not knowing what the gig was i was just like what it's a it's a gig is it yeah i'll turn up i'll do that do you know what i mean it was just like oh god so i had about three or four people wanting to, to kick me head in for that and, and, and fair enough as well i'm not gonna cry foul on that jesus and uh, so they wanted to do so then Chris Brugas was like, right, just we'll 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 leave and we'll get the headliner on and we'll leave. He was like hiding us in the back room. And then got the headliner on and I went, Chris, I went, we can't leave. His his plan was for us to leave before the the event had even finished, so that the headliner closed the show. Normally the the host sticks around to close the show after the headliner. He said, Let let the headliner close the show, we'll get you out of here. And I remember I couldn't because I'd, I'd had me like a daft twat. I took me bag and me jacket and I left it behind the stage. So I had to wait for, <laughs> for everyone to leave. It was just like, oh God. But yeah, lessons learned. I like Chris Brooker. I've got a lot of time for Chris. Popped up on Facebook recently. It said 12, 12 years ago to the day that he brought Mick Foley over. WWE, um, ex-WWE, ex-professional wrestler. You, know, you, you might know Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack dude love now does you know he does his podcast and he does a lot of a lot of stand-up comedy he does his stand-up comedy too he obviously doesn't wrestle anymore and so it's somebody I grew up watching you know I, I grew up watching Mankind 10 years old 1997 you know I watched him Chris Brooker was like I know you're a, you're a big fan do you want to do you want to support him so I got the I got to support somebody I grew up watching like, when he came over and I remember I, I did Cardiff Glee with him I did uh, York Barbican Theatre I did the, the dance house in Manchester I think that was the first time we did that as well that was that was great you know you know, that's uh, like he, Chris gives us, like, loads of nice memories of that that I'm never, ever going to forget. And, you know, they say don't meet your heroes and all that. He's the nicest guy in the world. Honestly, he was just so nice. He was just, like, he was just just, just very friendly, just just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And, he, you know, he didn't have to give you the, the time of day, but he did, and it, it was lovely. And, and I remember all went for a curry afterwards. all went for a curry in Manchester after the dance house, and me housemate Ollie came with us as well. So I was sat next to Mick Foley. And Ollie was sat on the other side of uh, of Mick, and <laughs> and so we're going through the menu, and I was like, oh, I think I'm getting a garlic nan, you know, I'm, uh, you know," and I was I was making sure to put my nan on my own plate so so as to not share it with anyone. I remember Mick just went, "Oh yeah, I like the naans with with the stuff in the middle," and I was like, "Do you mean the keema? Do you mean keema? So I, Mick Foley likes a, a keema nan, he does, and then Ollie got some sort of lovely, he got like some sort of like chicken. Like onion, chicken, madrassi type thing. It was like a chef speciality. And then when all the food arrived, then Chris Brueger makes the <laughs> makes the announcement that he's gonna pay for everyone's meal. So it's all on it's all on the tour, it's all on him. So they said, you know, so basically now nobody's got ownership of any food. And so I believe Mick Foley's trying, you know, every, yeah, Christ, it's Mick Foley, so everyone's like, hey, would you like some of this? Like some of this? Nah, I'm fucking keeping my stuff to myself right? And, uh, you know, Mick Foley tries a little bit of Ollie's curry, me housemate. <laughs> then, you know, at the, the end of the night, we're all taking photos, and I'm like, wow, what a, I'm never, ever going to forget that night. And then Ollie was just like, fucking Mick Foley, fucking smash me curry, mate. I went, what? He was like, oh, I was like, yeah, have a little bit. I was like, fucking took the whole thing. Fucking smashed it, lad. <laughs> He's from Wales. So he fucking smashed it. Fucking Mick Foley just tanned. Just tanned me curry. <laughs> so uh, Mick Foley just had all his curry. <laughs> he couldn't see <say> anything. <laughs> he couldn't see <say> anything. <laughs> Uh, one of the best memories I've got of, you know, the, the couple of years when Mick Foley was coming over and I was um, supporting him. When I lived in Manchester, I went to go and see him in Sheffield. I didn't even, I wasn't even on. That's just, you know, how, w- what it meant to us type thing. And I was driving back. It was me, Chris Brooker and Mick Foley driving back from Sheffield to Manchester. So we're going through Snakes Pass, which is just like a really, um, you know, up in the in the hills and the valleys and the the grass mountains and all that. It's not a nice drive. You know, you have to be a very skilled driver for for that. And that's when we started talking about music and we both realised that we're both like musician Warren Zevon. So one of the memories I've got of singing Desperado Under the Eaves over Snake's Pass, just me and Mick Foley. That was pretty cool. Don't the sun look angry at me? Don't the trees look like crucified thieves? Don't you feel like Desperado Under the Eaves? Etc. But this is how nice he is as well. He, uh, he he came to the Edinburgh Festival once, and he said, "Oh, Carl, I'm gonna." He sent us like a DM on Twitter, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, Carl, I'm gonna come see your show." And I was like, "Yeah, we are, of course, of course, Mick Foley's gonna come to the show." And I'd, I'd had a good run of sellouts. It was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It was just the tonic, and I, I you know I had a good good sellout run. And this was a Wednesday, and it was like it was it was known as Black Wednesday. I think I had like uh, two pre sales and. I'm walking to the venue and I just saw like a guy, this massive guy, wrestler guy, big flannel shirt and all that. And he had his uh his Bruce Springsteen jacket on as well. And he was like, Oh yeah, Carl, I'm coming I'm coming to your show. I just bumped into him in the street. Um, he says, Oh yeah, I've got me Bruce Springsteen jacket on. He said, The I just tried again to do a Bruce Springsteen show and uh you know, like some sort of like play or tribute thing. And uh, the not let us in, I was five minutes late. Yeah, but that's when I learned that he was a Springsteen fan as well. So I was like, oh, that's good. I like the, the bit of Springsteen, Warren's Yvonne, crossover as well. Because Warren's Yvonne sang on his live shows, he would sing Cadillac Ranch, which is one of Bruce Springsteen's. And uh, when Warren's Yvonne died, uh, well, when he was dying, he had Disorder in the House, which is, I think, an album from The Wind, it might be. And I know Springsteen played on that album. And then when Warren Zevon died in like 2003, 2004 with their uh, lung cancer, I believe Bruce Springsteen was on tour and he starts the, the one of his concerts off. He goes, "I want to pay a memory to me late great friend Warren Zevon. He died this week. This is one of Warren's songs. It's called My Ride Is Here.' So that's a, if you if you want to listen to that, that I think that's doing the rounds on YouTube as well. So he had his jacket on, but he's coming to my show, and I've I've got like a handful of flyers. Because I always did like an hour's worth of flying before the show. And he was like, oh, called you want a hand? So I've got the honour of saying that Mick Foley flyered for my show one time on a on a wet Wednesday, Edinburgh, in the middle of the run. And I went from two to 13 sales. And that was including Mick as well. So I had one of the worst shows of the whole run in front. So I died on me arse in front of me childhood hero. And how many people can say that? Well, I see by the old black on the wall. If I could just turn back that little clock on the wall. I can see by the old clock on the wall there. Thanks, as always, for listening. The, the, dates, are, the, the dates are becoming less and less. Please don't forget to like and subscribe if, you, if you're enjoying this. If you want to keep us in the company that I am in the charts, thank you very, very much. Please don't forget to do that. That always, always helps. Coming up on the tour, so by the time you listen to this, I'm going to be doing Grimsby Dock's Academy. There's not many left for that. Lincoln Drill Hall and Glasgow Glee Club. And then the week after, Carlisle, which is sold out, the old fire station. Newcastle Tyne Theatre, the Saturday is looking nearly nearly sold out now. Friday, there's still tickets available. We're going to be filming it on the Saturday. And then the week after, I believe it's Southampton, Aldershot, Fife and Harrogate. So all the tickets for that, carlhutchinson.net. If you want to get in touch, it's podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, very much for listening and have a lovely week.